Hi all, and welcome back to Women Living in Thailand podcast. Or for those of you who are new here, welcome. Today is another Clubhouse session recorded on September 29th, 2021, where we talk to Anne and Remy about financial literacy. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And uh, yeah, I think uh, we should just get started. How is everybody today, first and foremost? All good. Excited as well. Yeah, I. it's a topic that I've been really wanting to cover for a long time, so I'm so psyched for tonight. Likewise here, you know, traditional finance with some modern finance, I would say. I think this is going to be a really, really important topic, especially right now. I'm super excited to hear. So let's just get started. Um, Jess, I'll let you start the room. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Women Women Living in Thailand, hosted by myself, Jessica Teal, and the fabulous Caitlin. We are on our 42nd clubhouse room of this year, and we couldn't be more excited about tonight's room. Um, as a reminder, we will be adding our previously recorded sessions to our podcast channel very soon, so please keep a lookout on our Instagram for that information. Um, a little bit from my side, I am super excited about tonight because I think now more than ever, it's really important to get our money right. And as we are, let's see, so far all women in the room, I am feeling super empowered and um, happy that we're here to listen to all the wise knowledge that is going to be shared tonight. So on that note, Kat, can you uh, drop us a little line about what you're up to and the, the room topic for tonight, and then we'll go ahead and get started with um, the speakers introducing themselves. Yeah, sounds good. So um, just a little bit of about us for, for the newbies in the room. Um, we started off as this clubhouse, Women Living in Thailand, and we're just kind of you know, taking it slow and trying to create a space uh, for women to talk and uh, inform each other and create an educational safe space, not only for women, but, you know, people who are women friendly and, and trying to help that, uh, that segment, trying to help all of us. So I want to welcome all of you. Um, if you haven't yet, please do follow us on our Instagram um, and please do follow us on Clubhouse. And very soon, uh, the first week of October, we will have some exciting news because our podcast is launching. Uh, we've decided that uh, we want to uh, keep this and record this in order for other people to be able to listen in future and to continue to educate themselves. So thank you all for joining us tonight. I am so very excited tonight uh, to talk about financial literacy. I've only just learned the term not too long ago, so I am a major baby in, in this respect. But um, the moment I saw this topic, especially targeted towards women um, around the world, I something clicked and some it made me realize, wow, I was missing something. And that's why 
I've been going through some of the things I've been going through. So this couldn't have come at a better time for me and I'm sure for many, many, many people. It's been a rough few years. And I am so honored to have these two ladies with us today to talk. They are some serious powerhouses in this industry and we really are very grateful. So um, just for like a very quick introduction before we really get deep into it, um, Anne, if you could uh, introduce yourself first. Hi, yes, my name is Anne, and I'm the founder of Crypto Ladies Bangkok. We're a group that tries to make it simpler for women to get into the crypto space and also empower each other by connecting and sharing our perspectives and just educating each other and inspiring each other um, in a space that is typically highly male-dominated. And I'm really happy to be here tonight. Thank you so much to Caitlin and Jessica for being willing to cover this um, this really powerful topic. Thank you so much, Anne. I really appreciate you joining us. And I really appreciate you uh, bringing Remy in for this also because um, I, I love it when we have a big panel and we have more ideas. Remy, if you could introduce yourself also. Hi, thank you so much, Caitlin. Um, yeah, thank you, Anne, for actually inviting me for the platform. I'm really excited to. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you see my name is Suchitra, but um, I'm also called Rimi. It's easier to understand. I have been in wealth management all my life for 25 years, but prior to that, I was working for big corporate banks uh, like uh, Citibank, HSBC, Standard Chartered Bank, and five years back, I decided to um, move out of the corporate world and do something on my own. And one of my passion was to help uh, you know individuals um, get financial empowerment, and along with that came female empowerment. And I'm getting more involved with it, and I have actually co-founded a group called Linus's Group, uh, where we talk about everything. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yes. Um, so before we get started, Jess, can you just kind of outline what's going to happen tonight? And then I will get started on the questions. Of course. So uh, thank you, ladies, for your lovely introductions. Um, so now we're going to go ahead and get into some questions. We, we have a few questions, so we're going to see how our time goes. Um, but we also want to open up the floor for Q&A afterwards. So please, ladies, tonight, what I would suggest to you is to listen closely. Um, if you have any questions at all, note them down. And this would be a great time to, you know, find some information that could be helpful for you. So have a listen and take notes. Take notes. I will be taking notes as well <laughs> um, for sharing on our um, Instagram afterwards. And then we'll try to keep the room for about an hour or less, and we'll see how we go. All right. Perfect. Yeah. And it should be said, if um, if we can't get through all the questions, please do write them down. And don't forget to click on anyone's profile. I'm sure their contact details are in there. Or you can contact them directly on Clubhouse and ask those questions after the session is over. Um, the point is, is to get resources here and contacts. Because, um, you know, contacts are power and information is power. So um, if we don't get to your question, I do apologize, but um, I'm sure the speakers would be happy to answer them after this session. So uh, I think we should just jump right into it. Um, and let's, uh, let's start with you. Um, I'd like to know, I know you just introduced yourself, but I'd like to know a little bit more about your background. Like, 
why finance out of everything? Um, and um, how did you get started in all of this? Sure. Yeah, so now I'm actually a cryptocurrency trader. Um, it's not something I ever thought that I would be doing. Um, it kind of happened organically. So crypto was not so intimidating to me because I came from um, a background as a software tester and implementer. I worked an office job in software for about five years. And then after that, I actually quit to freelance as a writer and interpreter. And I did most of my work in the startup scene, a burgeoning startup scene in Bangkok around 2013 or so. And then from startups, um, we had a big craze around startups. And then from there, Bangkok went to fintech. And then from fintech, it went to blockchain. So it was just a very natural progression. And I was organizing events around like tech and startups. And so when crypto came along, I just kind of, you know, flowed into that space. And I entered the crypto space in 2017. That was when Bitcoin first went to $3,000 in July of 2017. And it made me pay attention. I was like, I'm, you know, I don't want to miss out on this. And that was where I went and I made my first um, Bitcoin purchase. And then that was like a bull run. So the market was very good. And um, right after that, Bitcoin actually, after going to about $20,000, it went down like really fast. And so we had a bear market for a few years. And so that was where um, I kind of, I stuck with it. I stuck with it throughout the bear market. And then now we're here in a second bull run. And this is where I started trading like um, more earnestly because I've just kind of been sticking with groups of traders and learning from them here and there. And I discovered I really liked it. So it's not somewhere I expected myself to end up being, but it's kind of like a love affair that slowly grew. And then now I'm here and I'm like, I'd love to share this knowledge with other women and draw them into the space. And that is exactly what has happened. Like a lot of women have joined the group and found themselves loving crypto and trading, which is amazing. Yeah, so that's my story. I love that. And I do have to say you have created such an amazing space. And for any ladies who are like even have a tinge of interest in crypto, um, I would definitely recommend to hit Anne up and just kind of look into it. If it's not for you, then it's not for you. But Anne has honestly been the kindest, most patient person when it comes to this because it's not an easy industry quite honestly and um i love to see more and more female power in there um Rimi, for for you um can you tell us a little bit about your journey like um how do you define what you do now and what what sparked you to get here okay um and i'm very impressed with your uh um, you know, progress into crypto. Uh, unlike Anne, for me, my journey started uh, when I was a child. Um, when I was six years old and I opened my first bank account and had a first ATM card for a six-year-old. So my journey being financially literate started at a very young age. So, um, but of course, uh, behind that, uh, at that age, it's not what triggers you, it's who triggers you to do that, you know? And uh, I would give that credit to my mom. Uh, she was very determined, uh, ambitious woman who was also working at the time. And, you know, she, she just looked at the corporate world and she just wanted her daughters to be there. So she was very focused and she instilled 
uh, in me that you can be a really good businesswoman. So um, it's best you go, you're good with numbers, you can go into the banking field. Because she always had these uh, lovely dressed women who would come up to her and say, open a bank account. So that was her dream. Um, and of course, uh, it came true. At the same time, my sibling, um, she, went, she said, oh, you, you're so good with people. You like to take care. Uh, you should be a doctor. So um, I think getting started at a very young age, um, we lived her dreams. And of course, eventually it also became our dream because I got really interested and landed on my first job uh, right after my graduation in the banking field. So that was what uh, how I got carried away. And uh, once I was in the banking field, uh, I started off with a company um, with HSBC. Um, within two months, there was a big financial crisis. I don't know if uh, any of you were there at the time, but it started in Thailand. It was called the Tom Yam Kung crisis. You know, um, the baht was devalued. We were almost 58 baht per dollar those days. So in two months' time, the banking hall was filled with people wanting to open an account. It was a new era. It was an eye-opener. And being just new in the profession, I was just so excited because I learned what people took 10 years to learn in one year. And uh, I would go back, wake up at 4.45, just excited, uh, you know, thinking that who I would be meeting today. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, and along the way, I've got great uh, motivators and those have been female mentors all the way around. So, yes, it's, they're the one who have inspired me um, to learn and grow at the same time. So, yes, 25 years later, I'm still in the same field. Wow, that is an incredible story. <laughs> I love that your mom gave you an ATM card at six. I, I, cannot, I cannot stress enough how much I think financial literacy should start at such a young age. But I, I understand that's a topic for a, a whole different time. But it's just, it's, there's so much proof behind it. And I feel like it's just so important. Um, let me open up the question to both of you. Um, why, why do you... Why is it crucial that we women define the narrative around financial management for ourselves? Um, and why do we need to take the steps to manage our own finances? I, I'm going to let Remy answer this one first, and then I'll chime in with a few thoughts. Okay, sure. Um, I think in terms of our narrative around financial management is... Uh, we want to have that peace of mind for the future. And at the same time, we want to be able to enjoy financial independence, or we can call it financial freedom, where, um, you know, we, we make our decisions, what we want to do with our time, you know, and uh, whatever we do, every transactions that we do on a daily basis uh, actually has a thing in common, you know, whether you want to go and buy that beautiful bag or um, you plan on a vacation or you want to buy a better house, you want a better car, everything, there's one thing in common, all these transactions, and that's money. So it's very important that we know what comes in and what goes out, where the money goes, so we can be more prudent about it. And uh, of course, for people who want to retire, it's a great way to know exactly when you can retire. 
you know, it's 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 a great uh, planning tool. And you please feel free to add your thoughts too. Those were amazing thoughts, Remy. I, you know, I really want to learn a lot more from you about financial planning and responsible, um, being responsible with finances. It's just um, as I entered the crypto space, uh, financial literacy is something that started to resonate with me a lot more because I realized that it's one of those spaces that has fewer women. It's one of the things that it feels like we leave it up to the males in society or in our families, mostly. I mean, I think a lot of us could probably resonate with um, seeing that, um, you know, maybe it was the males in our family who um, who managed the finances one way or another. And it feels like a space that we really need to reclaim as women, just like, you know, with tech or finance or blockchain. And another thing is that it's just not something that's, it's one of those life skills, like adulting skills. It's not taught in school or talked about much um, among women's social circles. And I just feel like that's something we need to bring out into the open. We need to talk about it more. And that starts with raising awareness about why it's important. And additionally, you know, there's several in my women in my group who have shared with me that when they do want to take control of their finances um, and they would really like to work with a woman, it's really hard to find women financial planners to work with, um, you know, because sometimes women can be more empathetic to the needs of other women or the ways that women digest information. So I think that it's just something we need to talk about more and start to seize the information for ourselves and take the steps to get started. Yeah, and it's it's very true. And because I hear a lot of women when I meet up um, saying that, you know, we never learned this in either school or university. Why is this not a part of the curriculum? And I think that's a great question. Maybe down the line, we should be putting financial literacy uh, down at schools and at uh, university level, you know, because that goes a long way, um, you know, for us to realize our financial goals. One hundred percent. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I mean, we can. I can go on a, a rage about the education system in general. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a topic on that at some point. Quite honestly, but I do think it's it's very important and. I was sitting here thinking and I was like, it's so crazy to me that women aren't as involved in it um, because I feel as women, we might need it more if you think about it. <laughs> um, we, you know, we still deal with pay gaps. Um, you know, we, we have things that we also have to take care of. Um, kids, parents, um, you know, it, it just... It just makes no sense <laughs> that uh, that it isn't taught more, and also, you know, that that it's so difficult to find a, a safe uh, female space and safe female mentors to do this. Um, so I've, like I said, I was starting to think about this a while ago, um, a few months ago, when I just found out about this term, quite honestly. Um, and I started thinking about it, and right now I'm going through my therapy journey too, and I started. Uh, 
kind of realizing that I was having some hesitations of my own and I actually had to go through why. Why was I having these hesitations? And I was realizing that mine were coming from a, possibly an upbringing or, or, or some reason like that. But I imagine that you might see quite a few people that, um, that uh, hesitate to kind of dive into this. Um, and if so, um, why is that? Yeah, I'll, I'll just answer this really quickly. Like, having been in the crypto space, um, I noticed that um, I, I spend a lot of time in um, chat rooms with hundreds of men, basically. And I've been to a lot of meetups, you know, spent a lot of time with men in the um, tech space and crypto space. And I just observed that men have a very, um, you know, go-getter attitude about information. They don't wait to ask anyone. They don't want need to ask anyone's permission. They want the information. They go for it, you know? And also there's a really huge, I mean, I think it's also much easier for them because there's a really strong, um, how do you say, peer-to-peer um, platforms for information sharing, whether it's chat rooms, whether it's meetups, for them to exchange information and uh, answer questions for each other. And um, a lot of women don't feel comfortable just walking into these spaces and then asking the kinds of questions that we want to ask, that we want answered before we jump into something. Like, I think a lot of women uh, need more comprehensive answers, um, more time to think. They need more, um, how do you say, they need to um, digest information in a very different way than men. And there's not always the spaces for women to do that and um, not so many conversations around it. So I think that, you know, women take different, um, they have different ways of making decisions on how to get started. And sometimes the information that needs to be there for them to make the decision to get started is not there or we as women don't dare to go for that information and just seize it and take it. So these are the obstacles that I've I've seen. I recently par- participated in a interesting study about why there's few ma- fewer women in crypto and what's like motivated women to get into crypto. Whether what are their hesitations? I'll post it in the Crypto Ladies group. Is it was a very interesting study. Great, thank you, Anne. Um, I also wanted to um, ask Rimi if you had anything to um, add to that, especially in terms of, of um, more in the broad aspect of financial literacy. Um, yeah, I think I, I think as women, we try to downplay our ability at times. Um, you know, if, uh, you know, a lot of time I hear um you know these phrases from women that hey this is just too complicated i don't understand the jargons you know i'm very bad with numbers you know i was never good in mathematics in school you know this is way above my head so i just let the male member in the family whether it's your spouse or you know fathers or brothers just take over that decision so um you know, I, I think that's the biggest, I, I feel that women are their biggest obstacle uh, when it comes to taking charge of their financial literacy. And, you know, I agree with Anne, you know, because we digest information in a very different way. And if we don't get complete, detailed information, we hesitate to take any action or steps. 
So we take a little bit more time to digest that information. And if one of the thing or partly doesn't make sense to us, we just stop there or we don't take the initiative to move forward. You know, I think that's what is holding us back as women. But of course, it's changed a lot along the years since, you know, 25 years journey. Um, I see big, big changes. You know, I see that's why we have room here today and we have full of women here who want to listen about financial literacy you know so women are already there and they want to take charge but they're just finding the right way of how to take charge financially that's such a powerful summary thanks Remy yeah it really really is and that's a great segue into my next question actually I mean once we put our big girl panties on and we decide we're going to do this, what are the first steps that we make? What are the best first steps for us to make um, to start taking control of our own finances? Uh, Rini, do you want to go first on this one? <laughs> okay, sure, Anne. Okay, so, you know, as, as I said earlier, you know, um, the first actual step, I would say is self-awareness, you know, uh, we, we got to know, uh, you know, what comes in and what goes out. So basically what are our income and what's the expenses? I think that's very important. That's the first start. You know, it's like a personal cash flow statement that will give us a very good picture of where we stand financially. And I always encourage all women to do that. You know, um, just to share a story, um, I had a, a, a good friend, uh, you know, who never managed any finance. You know, she was like the caretaker, the homemaker, always looking after her three kids. Um, she never got involved financially. Uh, she received a certain sum from her husband each month, uh, you know, to look after the house. So the problem she was always facing was, I don't know where the money goes, you know, and my husband says, maybe I'm just spending it, but I'm not spending it. And she's actually quite, she doesn't spend much on herself, but with three girls, you can imagine where the money goes. So that's where I told her that she has to start managing how money comes in and out. And I say today, um, we are very blessed that we lived in a high tech world. You know, we don't have to go back to Excel worksheets, you know, and put down all our personal cash flow statements, but we can actually use apps, you know, and I highly encourage every woman here and, and you know, um, whether you have an Apple phone or you have an Android phone, there are some great applications, um, you know, something like expense manager, uh, spending tracker, take a look, uh, what you like. My favorite that I've been using for a few years now is Andro money. Uh, I understand that it's free on Android, but it's 60 baht, I think, on Apple uh, App Store. So these are the, uh, you know, you can play around with these apps and see which one you like the best. But uh, these are some wonderful apps where you can just, you exactly know how your money goes out. You can record your expenses and categories. And, you know, that's the first uh, step that you take charge because you can actually in, in, in you know if you've been recording for three to six months you will see where exactly your money goes and that's what my friend did and you know once her husband saw that she was uh, you know she was fully involved in trying to create a full cash flow he gave her more financial freedom you know um, uh, trusted her more with money and uh, without any you know I think 
looking at those cash flow, we can actually eliminate unnecessary expenses. You know, or, oh, we had a budget of this much and we're going to exceed it if we spend or if we purchase this item. Uh, let's move it to next month's expenses. So what happens is um, you start getting prudent uh, with money. You know? I think, I, including myself, I mean, when you look at the word S-A-L-E, you know, um, you just run in and say, hey, it's a great sale. I need to get this, you know, but if you have this, you will realize these applications will actually make you think twice before you spend your money, you know, so I think that's very important. And secondly, I think uh, you should try to create multiple income stream. You know, um, today we have seen with COVID, a lot of people have lost their jobs, uh, you know, or some people are doing uh, uh, multi jobs. You know, so try to make sure that you have multiple income stream, you know, um, uh, you know, you could be working. I think Anne has a multiple, uh, she's a multi-talented person here. So she would have be having multiple screen, you know, from being an interpreter, doing crypto trading, whatever it is, but try to create that multiple income stream, you know, and set your goals, girls. Um, I would advise that have your dream goals write them down, you know, the more you see it, the more you're inspired to reach that goal, you know, and I think this, this makes it a little bit more easier for you to take charge, you know, um, I'll let Anne add some more before I go on. <laughs> Thank you, Remy. Yeah, those are really great tips. Like, I think I'm gonna have to go back and, and listen and take some notes myself um, on all of those. And especially with the apps and downloading the apps, I uh, I think that's a great tip. So from from my perspective, I'm going to just share quickly from an investment perspective because I, you know, I come from um, the crypto scene. And this is not investment advice, but rather just if you want to get started with making some investments, what do you have to do? So I think the biggest obstacle for most uh, women is the initial threshold. Like at the beginning, you have to digest a lot of information really fast even to take the first steps to get started. And I think that results in paralysis for a lot of people. But the thing is, once you get over the initial threshold, it's not as hard as it seems. So my tips are, firstly, um, if you're interested in investment, whether it's stocks or crypto, start looking and reading. Um, seize the information that's out there on the internet. You don't need to ask anyone for permission. You don't need to be intimidated because there's groups like mine where you can just ask um, other women who have already gotten started. You know, when you come to those little blockages along the way, you can just, you know, ask a quick question you can, so you can keep rolling. So join those groups, um, those communities around these topics. And then secondly, if you if you want to get started investing, you need to set up an account. So either be it with a stock brokerage or with a crypto exchange. So if you want to get crypto, you're going to need an exchange account um, to figure out the suitable exchange. You can you know you can chat with other women about it, and um, yeah, with groups like mine, you can also find out what are the reputable cryptos that people are investing into um, rather than just throwing your money randomly at some, you know, because there's thousands of cryptos out there and that's what can also be confusing. So, and the good news is, and this is a solution that a lot of women in my group have used as well, is if you don't want to start your own account and invest directly yourself, there's companies that will invest your, 
your money for you into, for example, maybe a basket of cryptocurrencies and then give you regular returns on those, um, you know, a percentage, fixed percentage returns on your cryptos. Or, you know, if you don't know where to start, you can go to a financial planner or wealth planner like Remy, which is exactly why I was really happy to have her join this session because I think that, you know, um, what I'm doing goes very much hand in hand with what she's doing. So that's, that's basically it. Yeah. Just get over the initial threshold and then take those concrete steps to get started. And, and actually, you know, I want to ask a question to Remy, like for someone who's never worked with a wealth planner before, like what, what, what can we expect when getting started with you? Like what, you know, how do we prepare ourselves and what can we expect the process to look like just um, from your perspective and experience? Um, I, I think the first step, um, if anyone wants to take as a, you know, uh, going for financial planning is to being open, uh, being willing. I think the mindset is very important. You know, uh, once the mindset is, is clear, um, the work begins. You know, I, I compare, um, I would say a wealth planner is like a financial doctor. You know, you go to the doctor, you tell your symptoms, he gives you the medication. It's the same thing with a wealth planner. We go through a lot of fact finding, try to understand. And one of them, which I just highlighted was, you know, your cash flow statement. What does it look like? You know, this is just one part of fact finding that we do in the financial planning process. So whatever we do is more on, you know, once we get those fact finding, then we come and talk about those dream goals, you know, the needs. So it's, it's actually not a one or two meeting. It's actually a financial journey where you go through a stage where you're exploring together, doing fact finding, clarifying information, setting up dream goals uh, with timelines, and then working up the numbers, you know, and then you're reviewing it, coming up with proposed, uh, you know, solutions, and then you're executing it, and then you're coming back to do a review. So it's a whole cycle you know if, if you want to understand this cycle more please feel free to visit my website which is www.rimiwealth.com i've explained this process in more detail but uh working with the wealth planner is you know i've i've been working in banks as i said so my offering or my advice was actually quite limited to what the banks were offering. But as an independent wealth planner, um, you know, the platform really opened up to me. You know, I I work with many partners, both in Thailand and offshore. You know, I cater to different segment clients. You know, I choose my clients, you know. Um, and what I'm able to come up with is unbiased advice. You know, I'm not going to be inclined to it anything. It's a very neutral advice. So I guess that's a lot of things that my clients appreciate, you know, uh, where I come up with what is good for them and a very customized solutions, you know, because there's not one size fits all. We know, all know that, you know, so everyone's financial situation is very different. But I think at the end, everyone can start up. You know, um, I always hear that, hey, I don't have enough money to start up with financial planning. But I like just to say that you can start up, you know, as low as 5000 3000 even per month. I have clients doing that, but it's a journey. You know, it takes time. But at least you know that you're started. So 
you know, ladies, just get started. Just just go into it. Just study, you know, like Anne said, get the information. Talk to a financial planner that you're comfortable with, that you can trust, that can handhold you and work besides you. You know, I think that's very important, Anne. Thank you so much, Rumi. I love that. And I actually have a follow-up question to that. Um, if you don't mind me asking, uh, as far as your clients, um, what what percentage of them do you have a, a, a serious difference between the male to female um, clients that you have for your independent business? Um, I would say, um, I, I would say maybe 50-50 male and females because um when it comes to and, and for some reason it becomes a family so you, you're actually kickstarting with the husband and then the wife gets involved so we are actually doing a family planning so the, automatically the women come in so there are two groups one group of women that are not the decision maker so they come in via their husbands and another group who are financially empowered who are the decision makers. So I would say, yeah, I would say around 50-50 right now in my portfolio. Wow, okay. And, and do, you, um, do you find that women's needs may differ from your male clients that come in? Um, do you have to treat them differently? Do you treat them differently? Is there, is there extra information? I know you were talking about you know, women absorb information differently. Um, how does that affect your business? Um, I think um, I would say um, discussing financial planning with male and female is very, very different. You know, with men, it's get to the point, get to the facts. You know, they don't need much information. They will do their due diligence, but you just offer them the solution. With women, I realize that um, it's not about financial planning initially. It's more about creating that trust, that confidence, that relationship that they can trust you. So, of course, that takes a bit more time. So, you know, my conversations with women can drag on for a bit longer while it's a little bit different with men, you know. And, you know, uh, women are hungry for knowledge. And I realized that uh, they need to be heard. They need an active listener. You know, you just mentioned that as women, we, we just do so many things, you know, and that's um, and they need someone that they can relate to. And, you know, I think women and women can relate to each other better, as Anne mentioned earlier, you know, we're more empathetic to each other. We understand the emotional needs of women, you know, and we are able to connect but once the connection is made, it's it's a long-lasting relationships. You know, now most of my female clients are actually my friends. You know, it, the, the the boundary of being a client is is just disappeared. You know, it's just handholding. Uh, you know, so I think it's it's very very um uh, different, very dynamic. You know, there are some males who are like females, and there are some females. Who are like males? It just depends. And then um, I just adapt along, seeing how much information they need. You know, some, you know, if, if you look, um, some may say that I have a bit of financial literacy. So um, you can start off with FGHI. But some people may say, hey, can you start from ABC? And that's where I have to go through that. I have to step back put myself in their situation and go back. So that takes a little bit longer journey to reach to the end. 
I love that you give that option, though, because I feel like me personally, if I had heard of a quote unquote wealth planner, I would have been like, yeah, no, I don't think I can do that um, because I don't know anything. Therefore, I feel like I would have to see somebody like or, or educate myself before I find a wealth planner. And I love that, that you tell people that, no, just come see me. <laughs> just come see me and learn what it's about first. <laughs> It's, 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 um, you know, every day I talk to women who want to take that extra step, you know, who want to come in and be a part, be financially literate. And, you know, for me, that's my passion. You know, I've always wanted to have, you know, and being an independent wealth planner, I can do more what I want to with females group. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great that females want to come up and be financially empowered. And I also see many who have already, you know, reached X, Y, Z, you know, at that level so it's 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 a beautiful journey I love that and 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 I'm actually um, interested in the same question in your um, space um, do you have a lot of men that come to you and um, how how do you find that their needs differ and do you do anything differently okay um, I actually do have a lot of male and you know guy friends who ask me for tips as well on how to get started on crypto and um yeah i mean they they hit me up on telegram sometimes and i give them a few tips here and there but i i i mean there's a lot of groups that are you know i'm an admin of quite a few groups on telegram like one is a one of the oldest bitcoin groups in bangkok that's like a co-ed meetup and I am one of the admins. I became an admin later because they've been, you know, meeting since 2014, but I joined in about 2017 and they just recently made me an admin, I guess, because I talk a lot and I'm really active in the group. And then I'm also admin of a, a trading group because that's one of my passions. And then, um, yeah, an OTC group as well for people who just want to, you know, trade crypto peer to peer rather than through the exchanges and um well being in the the space and dealing with both guys and girls you know and their inquiries in crypto i just noticed that i think you know women just have a need for a, a bit more of a sequential information processing where whereas with men it's just kind of like stop and go and stop and go you you need a blast or a burst of information here and a burst of information there but for women I think they appreciate having like a very sequential and um, more thorough answers to their questions and I felt that there wasn't really a space where that was happening and that was where I started my group because um, okay women in crypto is rare um, crypto trading for women is even more rare so we're just a very small percentage of people in the blockchain space and I'm really amazed at how um, a lot of women in my group have picked up uh, trading and I think some of them have even gone further further than me in some dimensions like once um, they got started I think they just you know, they got into it. And with lockdown, like one of the ladies is sharing with me that she just has a lot of time on her hands. So, you know, there's nothing else to do. And she just started reading about technical analysis and got into it. She's in the audience, you know who you are. So, um, yeah, I'm just really impressed and inspired with women like these. But I think that having a platform like, um, like our chat room 
on Telegram where we just talk through things in like very um, women oriented ways. And we also have Zoom calls and we've been doing in-person meetups since it's become possible. Like I think it makes women feel a lot more comfortable with getting started. And that is the my intention with this platform is just to make that space, that safe space where women can explore crypto in a happy way and feel inspired by other women while they're at it. I really love that. And I, I think it should be said, like, I love the fact that all these women led spaces are popping up as a safe space because it's, it's, it's super necessary. And, um, it should be said if anybody's listening and is like, Oh, the way that they're painting how women learn isn't the way that I learn. Um, that's, that's not what we're trying to get across. What we're trying to get across is, you know, no matter how you learn in these women spaces, there, there is, there are those options. I'm in Anne's crypto group, and I know for a fact that there are women in there that will want to learn in like super like quick bursts um, because they're on the ball. That's how their brain works, and it's amazing. And then there's people like me in there that's like, how do I get on the app? <laughs> like, what do I do? And and luckily, like Anne is able to do both those sides. And um, you know, as women, I, I think that we're capable of doing that. So it should be mentioned that you know. If you're listening to how we're talking about learning, like it, it's, it really is expanded to every type of learning capability, but I just feel like we do need those women's spaces, um, the safe spaces to just like be able to ask questions and not worry about somebody being like, mm, you know, um, that's, that's the only way I can put it really. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like I, I really agree with that. And I, a lot of the women in my groups are in a bunch of other groups as well. And, you know, if you don't, you're not one of the people who needs information in the kind of manner that I described, but you're also, you know, just wanting to bounce ideas with other women and share, you know, what you've learned or, um, you know, share your knowledge, just by all means, please join us. Like, I just love that the room is not just me talking anymore. It was at first, but now it's become a lot more interactive and everyone is sharing um, their, you know, what they've learned and their knowledge. And that's really what I want the most is just, you know, for women to feel comfortable sharing with each other. And that's starting to happen. And I'm just so happy about it. I love that. That's so, ugh, gives me goosebumps. So I have one, one, one more question um, that I think is super important, and I want to get into the nitty gritty. Um, and after this, I do want to open the floor for Q and A. So I'm ending with this with a, quite a difficult question, but also um, if you could keep it pretty concise, um, it would definitely help. But I did want to ask about investment, um, and I wanted to ask when it comes to investment, um, what are both of your top three tips on risk management? Um, yeah, I'll just summarize mine really quickly. So um, when you go into investment, you really want to diversify. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket, basically. And so it, it takes a bit more work and more study to understand, you know, what are the different cryptos or different products out there. And when I say diversify, it also means if you want to go into crypto, don't put everything into crypto. You know, you want to have a, a nest egg for a rainy day. And crypto is a really risky asset. And, um, you know, the best investment managers out there, they recommend that you 
you know, you keep crypto to a small percentage of your portfolio. And I know that as retail investors, um, a lot of people aren't doing that. But I think that it's really key, like really, really key to diversify um, both inside and outside of the crypto space. And then secondly, you want to know what your investment horizon is. Like, are you a short-term investor or are you a long-term investor? Are you happy to hold through a bear market? That is where like the market is in a slump and the, the assets, like they go down in value a lot, sometimes like 80 or 90% in value. Like, do you want to hold through that kind of turbulence? And that will also infect um, that will also affect your profit taking strategy, like when you want to exit, you know, your profit or your assets off of the market. So it's really important to know like how long you want to keep it in there. And you can even do, you know, you can create a strategy for yourself, like you're putting, you know, some of it in short term, some of it in long term, like that also works. That's also diversification. And then lastly, just don't rely solely on, you know, crypto or add some financial planning into it. I think that, you know, like my, my partner, my boyfriend is from the finance sector and he's helped me to see that, you know, um, there are tools out there, there are financial models and those will, um, help you to gain better, how do you say, better returns in the long run. Like there's ways to optimize your returns in the long run by balancing out your portfolio and your profit taking in different ways. So that's where a financial planning comes into play. And that's kind of where I was like, Rami, this would be wonderful. We can have you here on the podcast. I mean, on the clubhouse. So yeah, those are my three tips. I love it. And you, Rami? I love it. And I mean, we are on two different spectrum here, you know, and while you were just saying about diversification and, you know, choosing short and long, um, I was I request everyone to move back two steps um, in terms of risk management, in terms of financial planning. So imagine that you're building this beautiful house. The first thing you have to make sure is the foundation is strong. So you can build this beautiful house, but if the foundations are not strong and an earthquake comes, it's going to collapse. So taking a step, you know, if, if imagine this is a financial pyramid, Okay, and at the base, you have level one, which is step one, which is called protection. Okay, in this, you are actually risk, you're doing a risk management by protecting your assets. So, for example, you need to make sure that if an emergency like COVID time happened, how much liquidity you need, you know, um, should you, um, you know, get sick are going to pay the hospital bills you know you need a healthcare plan in place you know if you're no longer around how is it going to impact your family your business you know that's where you talk about life insurance and in case you become disabled or you face a critical illness where is the income going to be protected so those are the things that we look at at a protection base so that's the first step i would normally recommend people to look at before you do any sort of investments then you can move up to a savings plan you know your retirement savings your education and the top of the pyramid is what Anne is all talking about, investments. Once you've taken care of that one and two, you can go on into the investment world, diversify your portfolio, get into cryptos, get into bonds, into stocks, alternative, property, REITs, 
whatever is it that you desire in terms of financial asset allocation. But the first step is please make sure that you and your family are well protected. You know, I think there's a lot of, you know, a new jargon, which we call FOMO, um, fear of missing out, you know, oh, um, she's buying this, you know, I'm going to miss out, you know. Um, so you start panicking and you start follow by, you know, like Anne said, whatever is it, give yourself time to learn. You know, engage in simulated portfolios. You know, when you open any brokerage account or any um, uh, bank account, anything, there are um, some of the places where they allow you to do simulation. So, you know, they can put $100,000 in your account and then you can play around to see how you would have done. You know, so you can learn from that experience. So give yourself that time, okay? In terms of also... Make sure you understand how much risk you're willing to take. And if, um, you know, crypto is a highly, highly risky assets. Um, so make sure that even if 80% of that value goes away, you know, it's not going to impact you financially on the bottom line because you've taken care of your protection and savings. So uh, it, that is very important. And don't try to time the market, ladies. Um, you don't know when is the bottom and when is the peak? So I would normally advise my clients and go in slowly. You know, there's a concept called dollar cost averaging, which means you take out whatever. Once you know your cash flow statement, have a sum that you take out and you say, I'm going to invest this uh, dutifully every month. And you do that for the next 10 years. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm more a long-term based person. I like to stay invested for a long run because you see the benefits. And, you know, statistic research have shown that if you're invested more than 10 years in the financial market, the chances of you losing your investment or your principal is less than 5% because that's the market cycle, you know, the 10 years. So, you know, uh, just to summarize, make sure you're well protected. You've gone through the steps, proper steps of financial planning before you begin your investments. Don't time the market. Take your time to understand the market and stay invested for the long run. That's my piece of advice from a financial planning perspective. That is amazing advice. I, I do think something definitely has to be said about, you know, financial responsibility first. And then getting into, you know, the next steps. And I love, I love all of that. So uh, we are running out of, we're going to be running a little bit late. Um, we can take one or two questions if anybody would like to. Um, we are opening the floor to put up your hands. Um, we'll see if there are any questions. If not, we are going to get ready to um, just say a few last words and then uh, get out of here and continue with our night. All right, we have two coming up right now. Okay, so we have time for three questions and we've accepted three people. Um, I'm sorry, the room will be closed after that. But like I said, if anybody has any questions, um, please don't hesitate to contact our speakers. Um, and I'm sure that they would be happy to help. So, uh, Claire, let's start with you. What questions did you have? Hi, um, thank you for putting on this room. It's been really, really informative, and I, I love the idea of women kind of taking back some of the power in the financial space. But I had a question for Remy. From um, your background in the traditional banking system, 
how do you view like the future of crypto and how that integrates in the traditional banking system, both from like an economic point of view in terms of you know, the continuing printing of nonstop printing of money by governments. Um, and also from a technological point of view, like in, in terms of like um, cross-border remittances and things like that, how do you think blockchain technology will play a part in that? From your perspective, what does that look like for you? Um, I think that's, a, that's, thank you, Claire, for that question. I think that's a very interesting point, you know. Um, I think we are standing on a borderline, you know, our generation here. So there's one side where you talk about traditional finance, you know, which I've always been in for the last 20 years. And then you have the other side on the spectrum, which is Anne, you know, that's why I say it's very exciting, which is, I call it the cryptic world you know, the blockchain, the fintech, insurtech, cryptos, you know, and, you know, the question and the dilemma I think we all face is um, where should we put our feet, you know, or what should we do? And that's where I'd just like to recap a little bit when I talked about the risk management tips is, the, you know, you, you have to be able to adapt to both but get comfortable with them first. Don't jump into anything. So if you look at the traditional, the traditional part is very important to you because you're talking like things about protection. You know, you're talking about saving for rainy days. You know, you're preparing yourself for the next step. And then when you have that extra liquidity where you know that even if you lose the funds, it doesn't impact you, you can move it on to something like what Anne is doing, you know, into cryptos without any hesitation, you would have more confidence to make decisions, you know? So I, I, I hope I was able to answer your question, Claire, but I think a bit of both is important. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your question, Claire. Okay. Next up, Amy, please let us know who your question is for and what your question is. Um, hi guys, actually it's less of a, a question, um, but I, I really appreciate um, all the information that you guys have talked about. And I also wanted to share something um, from my own kind of journey into financial literacy. I made it my, my latest, the latest lockdown, it was my lockdown project to get financially literate at last. Um, and I really wanted to recommend a few books that I read because I think like as you guys have been talking about, we all digest information differently. And I'm the kind of person that like, I need to sit down with a book or something and like digest it myself before I go into more of a forum space. Um, so yeah, the, the books that I've read are uh, The Laws of Money by Susie Orman, uh, which was a great kind of foundation for, for just learning about finances in general. Then uh, The Global Expatriate's Guide to Investing by Andrew Hallam, which um, I feel like a lot of us, <laughs> especially, you know, um, with international backgrounds in Thailand can really benefit from. And also Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, which is more about kind of negotiating. And I think as women, like that, that's also a big part of my financially literate <laughs> journey is learning how to advocate for myself more, you know, when it comes to salaries or, or when it comes to anything. Um, so, yeah, and, and I guess I could add to that a question for... Um, for everyone, if, if you guys know of any uh, books about investing or, or finances at all, I, I really love your recommendations. Um, I, 
I'll just recommend this book. It's actually Claire. Claire is a wonderful um, contributor in our group, and she recommended this book. It's called The Bitcoin Standard. This is not about um, financial literacy per se, but if you're interested in understanding more about Bitcoin and how it changed the financial industry and its impact, um, this is a great book to get started. And thanks, Amy, for sharing all those books. They're very interesting. I'll definitely look into them. Um, yeah, Amy, thank you so much. I think, yeah, the first step is um, self-awareness and self-knowledge. And, you know, you can find that there's a lot of information on, um, in, you know, in books and uh, in, uh, you know, on the you know, on, on the internet. Um, what I would recommend also is because you need to keep up with what's going on in the market. So um, I'd like to share more of the newsletters or, you know, some of the subscriptions that you can make that are absolutely free. Uh, one very good one is which gives you updates on the daily markets, what's happening, opinions, you know, and giving you that financial literacy, which I really, really enjoy. Um, it's called Morning Brew. So it's a morning and brew, which is B-R-E-W. Um, you can check that in. You can subscribe. It's for free. And every morning you will get something of what's happening in the market. And it's a mix of everything, financial markets, cryptos. Um, it's a really fun way of um, uh, learning finance. And I just find this like really, really inspiring. So I, I hope that's useful. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thanks both. I'll definitely look into those recommendations. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amy, for that question. It's such a good question. And I do have to say, I didn't have any recommendations because the three books that you mentioned are either ones that I was going to mention or that I've just recently heard are amazing. So those are amazing recommendations. Um, also, everybody, if you didn't have time to jot that down, Jess has been a complete superstar and is writing everything down. And we will have notes posted on our Instagram about what is going on. Um, so let's get to our last question. Uh, Miss Kat, hello. How are you? Um, what is your question and who is it for? Hello. Okay. Thank you so much to Remy and Anne, um, by the way, for sharing their knowledge. This was super eye-opening and I only want to learn more information. Um, so my question is directed to both of you ladies in terms of what are, we spoke before about certain applications that we could use um, to dive into these fields? Are there specific ones related to us living here in Thailand? For example, I know there's Finvest, uh, which I just recently, I literally downloaded like two days ago, um, which would help me invest into different portfolios or uh, the terminology I'm obviously still educating myself on. But are there specific applications Rele uh, relevant to Asia region or Thailand region that you would recommend us to download to start looking into? I, I um, you know, thanks for your question, Kat. I think, yeah, that's a very great question, you know, um, with the resources, because there's just so much, um, you know, on, um, you know, there's just so much information and sometimes that can be quite overwhelming, I would say. Um, I think, uh, you know, I talked about creating simulated portfolios and, you know, uh, there are great apps that you can um, start off with. Um, you know, there's, um, I don't know if you've heard of investing.com, Cat. 
Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a great place to start. It's similar to Bloomberg, but um, it's free because Bloomberg has actually um, put in a subscription line. So if you go to investing.com, uh, you can track the market and at the same time, you can create your own portfolio. And so you will know that how you've done it. And there's a lot of information. They have um, daily subscriptions, daily newsletters that are delivered to your, uh, you know, to your mailbox every morning about what's happening in the market. Because I think that's the best way to learn is to know what's happening today. You know, what happened yesterday? Um, how is it going to impact the future? And what asset class or, you know, what Anne talked about diversification, what sort of diversification or asset class that you should be looking at? So I think a good, a good uh, place to start would also be investing.com. Thank you. And you have anything oh, to share? Sorry, I was muted. Okay, yeah. So um, basically, I don't have apps for, for like, how do you say it? For a financial planning as related to crypto, but I'll just tell you that with cryptocurrencies, um, there's two types of exchanges. Um, some, sorry, the first type is local exchanges. These are like country specific or region specific and they function as gateways that you can connect to your own local bank account and just use that to transfer money from your bank account onto the exchange and then from the local exchanges you go to international exchanges which are um they're kind of they have like hundreds or thousands of coins that you can choose from so in thailand the main local exchanges that are recommended are um a bitcob and zipmex and Satang Pro. And Zipmex and Satang Pro are better for US citizens because Bitcoin doesn't take US citizens. So these are Thailand specific apps. And then um, if you wanna look at managing your crypto investment por portfolio, there's some different apps. These are not lo location specific, but you can download the coinmarketcap.com app or else the Blockfolio app. And these allow you to um, track which cryptos you bought and then how much, you know, they are according to how much you've purchased. Yep. Thank you so much, ladies. I really appreciate this. Um, don't forget, everybody, these will be written down. Um, and who knows, we might have more to add after the session. I think it is almost time to close up. Jess, I would love to hear your beautiful voice now. I'm over here like a uh, computer hacker style typing all these notes like tick, 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 tick. <laughs> oh, um, I just want to say thank you. It was also really eye opening to, to hear all of this information. And um, I just I hope that other people are also feeling this similar feeling that I'm having. But I feel like this spark inside of me to just know more, do more and take more control of my my financial life and what that means for me and um i just think it's really empowering and listening to everyone talk and like share their experiences and feeling that that confidence is really um and like contagious <laughs> um so yeah it's it's super super inspiring and i've got so much information that i've noted down from today's chat we're not going to be able to share every single thing so two suggestions is to uh, recap the recording um, once it's posted on, on podcast in the next week. 
Um, and also, please do reach out to either Remy or Anne for more information or, um, you know, if you have any more questions or anything like that, I'm sure they'd be happy to answer and work with you on the levels that they that they provide. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm just so impressed with the wealth of knowledge that was shared tonight. Remy, thank you so much. Anne, thank you so, so much as well. Um, and then we also have a, another room coming up next week. We are going to do a tarot for your everyday life. So if you want to you know, come and join us and find out where your financial direction is headed. <laughs> maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe Kat will give you some good news on that. Uh, okay, to, um, to, to, reiterate, to reiterate a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> next week we will be talking about tarot in daily lives and how it is expanding into the usage of not telling fortunes. But uh, helping in, <laughs> sorry, ladies, can't do I that one. I said direction. I said direction. Okay. <laughs> we'll have the psychic on the week after that. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I think we're gonna close up the room now. Uh, the the next few rooms coming up, we have the tarot room coming up. We're in talks with um, more rooms. I know we will be having a room coming up about recycling in Thailand which seems impossible, but there are people here who have shown us that it is not, and we are going to be talking to them. Um, later on, in uh, down towards next month, we'll also be having talks on uh, inner trauma healing and also um, homeschooling, <laughs> which I think is going to be a big topic for, for some people out there. Um, homeschooling and just the state of education in Thailand and how us mamas and even just us people who work in the education system are, are dealing with everything. Again, ladies, I have warm and fuzzies and I am just ready to empower myself through my finances. I thank both of you, Anne and Remy, for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for being amazing hosts, Caitlin and Jessica, and for Remy for joining me as a speaker, co-speaker. It's I'm just so psyched about what just went down. It was a blast. Thank you, ladies. It really was, and honestly, I feel like we could have gone on for hours. And Remy, I cannot say thank you um, enough. Um, thank you so much for joining us, and I hope that you'll consider joining us again. Yes, I think, um, you know, it's so nice to share this platform. You know, I'd like to thank Anne for inviting me and, you know, Kathleen and Jessica for hosting this. I think it's a great platform. You know, um, you're trying to do something for women. Um, you know, thank you for all the questions. If you have some more questions, feel free to drop me an email. You know, my details are in my profile. So please feel free to go through. If you have more questions, I'm happy to answer. Um, I just like to leave with a very short quote, which I normally say to everyone is most people don't plan to fail they fail to plan so please please um plan you know thank you so much everyone i really 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 enjoyed it i don't think we can end on a better note than that so i'm not gonna say anymore ladies i'm gonna close <laughs> up the room thank you so good much night. good night <laughs> good night Bye. thanks everyone